Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Kaderna podcast. I'm your host, Brian Kaderna. So I know on this show, we cover quite a wide array of topics. Anything that falls under the scope of health and wealth is fair game. And when you define wealth as I do, in that original meaning, which is a state of well-being, that can encompass a lot of different subjects. And everybody can define wealth differently, or a state of well-being, I should say, differently. It's just like success from one person to another can be completely different. But with that said, as a financial advisor and having guided clients for over 15 years now, I can attest to the reality of how big an impact money and the decisions around money can have on that state of well-being. So today, we're really going to bring it back to square one. We're going to go all the way back to basics and answer that timeless question, what should I do with my money? Conveniently, that's also the title of my new book. Right here, you have it. What should I do with my money? Economic Insights to Build Wealth Amid Chaos. If you haven't checked it out yet, I don't know what you're waiting for. You got 270 pages of jam-packed information that will get you in the know and get you on track to accumulate wealth, however you so define it. So why do people get so confused by money? That's something that I, I often have clients coming to me saying, I'm overwhelmed. There's so much information out there. I just don't get it. You know, money just gives me this sort of anxiety. I'm, I'm done with it. I want to throw my hands in the air. Money and finance, it should never be that way. It does not need to be so confusing. You know, it's, I think, a symptom of at the same time that we've had some of these pensions and entitlements and all of the kind of bedrock of our economy start to fade, it has coincided with this, this void of, you know, people having to have personal responsibility for their money. And that void has been filled by all these financial experts, gurus, talking heads, podcasts, authors, books, you name it. People just like me, maybe with different credentials, of course, but that are out there spouting their advice. And that's where it can get confusing. I think we all fall prey to that when we just see there's so many different channels to gather information through. So with that in mind, what I want to do is focus on simplicity, you know, kind of cut out all of that noise and boil it all down to just a simple plan that everyone can follow. And so that's what I do with my clients is I have a five-step financial planning process. Simple, but not necessarily easy. Okay, so let's get right into it. Is going to require work and time and sweat and toil. If money wasn't an issue, what would I be doing? Don't worry about it. You'll figure it out. Change the only constant. Step number one for a sound financial plan, I always say it's protection first, fully, and forever. So what does that mean? How do we protect ourselves? All right. Think about your economic value to yourself, your family, your business. And then what are the threats to that? How could we lose that potential or lose all of that wealth that we've built up? So some of the, the key things that you'll hear about in the domain of protection are your insurances, all right? Some of the ones I like to start with are disability insurance, okay? God forbid I ever get sick or hurt and I can't come to work tomorrow. How am I going to replace that paycheck? You know, you think about it, we insure all the objects we have. We insure our car, we insure our house, we insure the wedding ring, our jewelry, our baseball card collection, you know, all those different things. But what is the engine that makes it all run, that makes that all possible? It's you. It's you going to work each day and drawing a paycheck, earning an income. 
So we need to start there and say, how do we protect all those future earnings? The best way is through disability insurance. Okay. And understanding, you know, what you have through your employer group disability, but then also if it's not there or that's inadequate, what you have on your own through individual disability. And what I often talk about, and you may have heard on prior episodes, what's called own occupation disability insurance. That means if you're trained, you've worked so hard to build a skill set to be a valuable employee or worker, we want to cover you for what exactly you're specialized to do. So that if you can't perform up to your abilities due to illness or injury, they're going to pay that claim, even if maybe there's other jobs out there that you could handle. All right, that is own occupation disability insurance. The other thing that is quite time sensitive and health sensitive is, of course, life insurance. Now, nobody wants to talk about life insurance. No one wants to think about when they're not here and when we're dead. I totally get it, but it's a reality. None of us get to live forever. No one's ever accomplished that feat yet. All right. So if we understand we have a value, especially to our family or to our business, we need to protect them. And the easiest way and the cheapest way to do that is sooner than later. Okay. So we just want to check those boxes, know that come hell or high water, we're protected. And then the next thing often in that protection element that you'll look at is going to be liability insurance. All right. What if I made a mistake in this gigantic life that I have, all these years we have here to go out and live and work and play and do what we do? What if we made a mistake, an accident, you know, in our car, at the house, through work, we messed up and somebody decides, you know what, you're at fault. I'm calling my attorney and we're coming after you. Now, all of a sudden, your liability insurance becomes critical, whether it be your auto policy, your homeowner's policy, your umbrella policy your malpractice insurance, all those things, all right? In insurance, there's a saying that it doesn't matter until it matters, and then it's all that matters. So you better make sure it's all in good order long before any of those unfortunate circumstances arise. So that's step one, guys. Protection first, fully, and forever. I understand it's not the most heartwarming conversation, but we have the most options and the best options available to us when we don't have a problem to deal with. So let's address that first and then have that out of the way. The next thing, step two on building a good financial plan is liquidity, all right? That simply put is access to capital, access to money. This is your emergency fund, your first line of defense when you need some money in a pinch, okay? I often tell people for a very good financial plan, you want to have a savings rate, an annual savings rate of about 20%. Okay, 20% of your gross income going somewhere for yourself, for your future every year. You do that, you're going to be in pretty darn good shape. Unfortunately, if we look at where we are right now, according to the U.S. Bureau of Economic Analysis, the current personal savings rate in the U.S. is 4.1%. That's a far cry from the 20% optimal rate that I promote. And if we look at, you know, the 1950s to 1980s, when those entitlement programs and those pension programs and the things I alluded to were sound and strong, at the same time, the U.S. personal savings rate hovered between 10 to 15 percent, right? That's, you know, two to three times better than where we're at right now. So we got to save better. And early on, that's just going to be building up an emergency fund, which I like to see and many experts would agree at about six months of your expenses, 
just sitting in cash, checking, savings, money market, ready to go. I know it doesn't earn you a lot of money, but if there's a great opportunity and you want to take advantage, it's better to have the cash than not. And on the flip side, if life throws you lemons and all of a sudden you say, what the heck do I do? I need some money. We'll be glad that it's there. When it's not, that's when we start to make irrational decisions, which is like the enemy of good financial planning. So the third step, remember, first is protection. Second is build liquidity. Third one is debt management. And in particular, managing any bad or high interest rate debt, right? Which most of us would certainly recognize as credit card debt, right? Credit cards carry an interest rate now on average, just north of 20%. So think about that. You might be saying, hey, I'm following all these financial blogs and, and TV shows, and I want to invest in XYZ, and maybe I can earn an 8% return. That's all well and good. But if on the other, you know, other hand, we're paying out 20% interest a year on this credit card debt that's just lingering there, all right, that's like we're trying to sail our boat forward, and we've just got a huge, lake, uh, a huge leak in the hole, if you will, that's dragging us down. We've got to plug that. We've got to get rid of that credit card debt. And ideally, if we can zero that out month after month, we're never going to pay the interest on it. We can get our rewards or our points. It'll help our credit score. We'll have good credit history, but we're not going to pay that interest. That's what we need to avoid. Okay. And going back just a step of why liquidity is so important. What's the natural, you know, kind of knee jerk reaction when life happens? You know, we got to fix the roof or, or we got into a little accident or, you know, the, the plumber came and the bill's going to be bigger than we expected. When we don't have the cash on hand, the American way is just to put it on plastic and charge it. And when we do that too often because we're not liquid, that's where credit card debt can grow and become, you know, at some point what seems like insurmountable. Then the fourth thing. So when we know we're well protected, we've got a nice chunk of change in the bank. We're able to zero our credit cards every month, and we have some other debts that are maybe not so high interest. We have a game plan around them. Then at that time, we can graduate into wealth creation, okay? And the first thing I always tell people when they're starting to think about investing is to look at any investment as a stool with three legs. So what does that mean? We want to consider tax consequence. Am I getting taxed now? later is it taxed as ordinary income or as capital gains we want to understand some of those consequences there liquidity if i need my money you know a year from now can i access it or would there be penalties if i want it 10 years from now can i access it or are there going to be penalties understanding when and how i can use my money then the third one of course is going to be risk what is the risk associated with that investment the loss of principle there high risk, high reward, getting to know some of those things. And a lot of that right there, guys, just goes back to what type of account am I investing in? You know, it's almost like we're, we're the baker in the kitchen and we're deciding what pots and pans to use. That's what all of these different accounts that are out there, IRAs, 401ks, brokerage accounts, 529 college plans, they may be able to hold the same ingredients, but some of the factors as far as how they're used, how they're taxed, can be vastly different. So you need to understand that first and foremost. Then the fifth and final step is growth. This is the one that without question gets the most notoriety, the most attention in the media. This is the exciting conversation of, 
picking one stock versus another, picking what fund to invest in, where can I have my money make more money? This all happens in step five. So I get it. It's fun. It's a good conversation versus what I've spoken about so far. But we can't pick, you know, what color roof we want to have on a house before we even know what neighborhood we're going to live in. So there's got to be a systematic approach before we get to step five. And when we get there, when we get to step five, we really need to do a hard and true self-diagnosis of what mentally and emotionally we can withstand. And so what does that mean? That's talking about what type of risk do we want in our investments? Are we going to be able to kind of ride that roller coaster without panicking? Are we going to be able to stick to the plan when times get good or when times get bad? All right. Looking at the time horizon, when am I actually going to need these investments? If I need them, what are those consequences going to be? What are some of the fees associated with these different funds or these investments I want to choose? And what's my overall objective? Am I doing it for my kid's college? Am I doing it for my retirement? Am I doing it because I just want to have a, a little bit more money in a couple of years for a vacation fund? All of these things affect how you should be thinking about your money. All right. Just like Warren Buffett always says, it's not how your investments behave. It's how you behave with your investments. And a rational investor is the one that's on the winning side of the equation. And to be a rational investor, you need to have a strong financial plan, all right? Or otherwise, you're just running around, throwing it all up to happenstance. And that's where people can get hurt from a financial standpoint. So just to recap, what are the five steps to financial planning? Step one, protection first. Step two, build liquidity. Step three, manage your debt. Step four, wealth creation. What accounts do I want to use? Step five, growth. Where do I start to get my money to make some more money? All right, I hope that helps. I know this is very general, very kind of 10,000 foot view on finance. Again, you can go out and check out my new book. It has 270 pages of information elaborating on those points so you can learn more about how to really use it within your plan. And lastly, guys, I know that as you get deeper and deeper into some of these, yes, there will inevitably be points where it does get confusing, but don't be overwhelmed. There are professionals out there just like myself that are ready to help you, be it your attorney, your CPA, or in finance, your CFP, a certified financial planner that can answer questions and help give you guidance. Because at the end of the day, you don't know what you don't know. But at least with these five steps, you can know what to look for so you can start to build a roadmap towards creating wealth on your terms. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Kaderna podcast. I'm your host, Brian Kaderna. Please check out my book, subscribe to the podcast. If you have questions or you want to hear different topics here on the show, we're always trying to spice it up for you as well. You can email thekadernapodcast at gmail.com. We'll see you next time. This podcast is intended for the general public and for informational purposes only. The show does not provide any recommendations or investment advice regarding any specific account type, service, strategy, or product, or to otherwise act in any fiduciary or other capacity. Please contact a financial professional for guidance and information that is specific to your situation. Brian Kaderna does not provide tax or legal advice. Please contact your accountant or legal advisor to discuss your situation. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Kaderna Financial Team, and opinions stated are their own. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Past performance is not 
not a guarantee of future results. References to specific securities, asset classes, and financial markets are for illustrative purposes only and do not constitute a solicitation, offer, or recommendation to purchase or sell a security. Brian Kaderna is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS, OSJ, 300 Broadacres Drive, Suite 175, Bloomfield, New Jersey, 07003, phone number 973-244-4420. Securities products and advisory services offered through PAS, member FINRA, SIPC, financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Kaderna Financial Team is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. California Insurance License Number 0K04194.